0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church weekly sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 7th of September 2014 entitled The Treasury of Truth. And the Bible readings are taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 1 to 7 and 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 to 17. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. If you'd like to remain standing for the reading of God's word this morning, we're going to be reading from two passages You'd like to open your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 to 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 to 17. While you're holding your finger there, look back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll be reading verses 1 through 7. All right, as we take first of all our reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 Beginning in verse 1, therefore seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And then as we look into 2 Timothy Chapter 3, notice what the Word of God says, verses 14 to 17. He says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the privilege that we've had to be here this morning already. Lord, we thank you for the part that each of these children and young people and the workers have taken. Thank you for the encouragement, Lord, to see what you're doing in their lives. Thank you for their faithfulness. Now, Father, as we take these next moments to glean from your Word, we pray that you would take and use this time for your glory. Speak to thy servant. You know the hearts of every individual here. You know the needs of each heart. We ask that you would meet those as only you can. In Christ's precious name we pray, amen and amen. Well, I've already realized that I'm not even going to get past the introduction this morning, but I really just want to carry on from what that we have heard from these children. And first of all, we see in our reading here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, said, therefore, we have this ministry as we have received mercy We faint not. And one of the great things that I want to remind you of this morning is that we have this ministry to these children, to these young people, and it is not possible that we faint in this great ministry that God has given us. You see, sometimes people have the idea that it's more important to get the the big people that can put more money in the offering and that can do all these things. But I say to you today, without any apologies whatsoever, each and every one of these young lives are so vital. They're so important to God. And it was Jesus himself, even when the children started coming to Jesus and his disciples began to say, oh, no, no, he hasn't got time for you. But it was Jesus that said, suffer the little children to come unto me. We know that they're important, each and every one of them. He goes on to tell us in verse two, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. There are few things that would upset me more than to see an adult trying to deceive a child, trying to somehow work in this This craftiness, which is one of the things that we will see in our series that we're continuing in, in the fall of man, Satan is crafty, he's cunning, he's subtle, he was the most subtle of all the beasts there in the garden. But of course today as God has given us this ministry to minister to these children, it's not with tricks, it's not with craftiness, it's not with dishonesty, the Bible says not Handling the Word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. And that's all that we want more than anything else for these children. We'll say a few things. I wish I'd had time to to get into some more of them this morning, but you know, what is the price that we would put on knowledge, but not just any knowledge? The greatest knowledge of all comes from God Himself. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost have you ever thought about that do you know that it's totally completely impossible for the gospel to be hid to a child of god you can't be a child of god until you come and recognize and see the gospel of our lord jesus christ we find that one of the things that is hardest for all of us as human beings is to recognize our need for that savior to recognize that we are sinners The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You're not a sinner because you're worse than the rest of us. You're a sinner because you're a human just like the rest of us, each and every one of us. But the wages of that sin is death. You see, the simple truth is, is that if the gospel, which is the only thing, folks, there is nothing else in all of the world except Jesus Christ dying upon the cross, shedding his blood on behalf of you and I for our sins to pay that atonement. When they put him in the grave, he conquered that grave. He conquered death because death is the wages of sin. But Jesus paid the price for sin. Therefore, in three days, they found an empty tomb Because he he was the propitiation, not for our sins only, the Bible says, but for the sins of the whole world. The sacrifice was sufficient and complete. But if the gospel be hid, if there are those that don't recognize and realize that God has given everything for your salvation... The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, your Lord. You can't get there because you're a good person. You can't get there with all of your good intentions. The wages of sin, one sin, is death, but God's paid the price for that if you'll just admit it and receive and accept Jesus Christ. You see, the greatest knowledge that we can give these children is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But it's just like everything else in the world. Knowledge is pretty worthless if you don't do anything with it. (laughs) You can know all the facts in the world about anything, but if you don't act upon it, then what good does it do you? You see, he goes on here to speaking of those that are lost. If the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. In other words, you better realize and recognize that every one of these children, Satan's greatest desire is to blind their minds to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And It's not just the children. Every adult that's here today too You see, if the gospel is hid, it's hid to you that is not a child of God. But, he says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. It's Satan that wants to block you. He'll make you all kinds of, number one, he may make you realize, well, I'm not such a bad person, surely. He might make you think that, oh, you know, one day it'll all be okay when we stand before God. He may make you believe that you've got all the time in the world to get the forgiveness that you need. I could go on and on and on with all the lies because it says that he's the one that's the great deceiver. But why? He says, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Do you understand? Satan wants to blind the mind. He does not want anybody to see the glorious gospel. And it's only him that can turn that light on into that heart and allow you to see and understand and grasp the need for Jesus Christ in your life. This next verse is one that we have on our sign out front. It's one we print on all of our stationery because before anybody ever walks through the doors of this church, I want them to know for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. We are here to serve. Jesus Christ is the only one that we can preach. He's the only one that can change a life today for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. We've looked at that in recent weeks as we've looked at the the Genesis account, how that God himself was the one that said, let there be light and there was light. He's the one that made the darkness disappear when he brought the light. He's the only one that can make that darkness disappear from your heart when he shines that light upon it. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow. That is the greatest knowledge in all of the world. You know, you can get through life and things can be tougher and harder and it may cost you some things if you don't know certain things. There is nothing that will cost you more not having the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It'll cost you everything in eternity. And that's what we must realize. And then we see in this verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I wonder if I asked these children today, what would you consider to be a treasure. What's something that you would consider a treasure? A pirate's chest full of gold coins, maybe? (laughs) What is a treasure? Something that's important to you, something that's valuable to you? Do you know what the Apostle Paul is saying here? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Do you know what those earthen vessels are he was talking about there? Well, Earthen vessels in that day were these very crude pots that were made out of clay. There was nothing pretty or fancy about them at all. I mean, they'd have all kind of blemishes and cracks in them, but they were, they were cheap because they could just literally take the, the clay. I can remember in my first year of school, one of the things that we did is that we took clay and we molded it. Matter of fact, if you go to my, my mom's house, she still got the little mold that I made my first year going off to school, where we took this clay, and I happened to make mine in the shape of a leaf, and then after we'd made that clay, we put it in the oven, and we baked it, and it went hard, and then we painted it. It's still there after all these years. Well, these earthen vessels in this day, this is what most people had in their house. Maybe some of you, you might have some kind of a, a pretty bowl, or a vase, or something that's sitting there that that maybe you put things into when you go into your room. It might be some pennies that you had left over that you didn't spend. It might be something that's valuable, or sometimes it's just junk, <laughs> junk that doesn't mean anything to anybody else. But I want you to get this picture. The Apostle Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, these old worthless clay. You see, these are the earthen vessels that he was comparing it to, he knew that they would know what he was meant when he was talking about these old cheap clay pots that were in their house. See, some people would just put junk in there papers and, you know, whatever they might have. Didn't have much paper back in those days. Some people would put valuable stuff. That's where they would hide it. If they had something that was valuable to get it out of sight. They would hide it in it. the old clay jar that it was in wasn't worth anything, but that which was inside was worth a lot, Well, notice the context of what he's talking about. He's talking about here the importance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you see, we try to teach you during all these Sunday school, we try to teach you more than anything else, not who we are, not what we think, but what Jesus Christ thinks, who he is, what he did for you. The knowledge that can only come from God's word. What's Paul talking about when he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Well, he's talking about that, which look at what he's been really comparing these two things with each other. Those that know the gospel, those whom the gospel has been hid from, the world, Satan in the world is trying to blind them from that knowledge. And yet God's word, bringing forth the truth. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Some of the most simple verses In the Word of God are some of the most profound verses in the Word of God. You see, we love these children more than words could compare. But God loves us even more. We sang that song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. I think probably one of the best messages in a song in recent years that has come along. How can we measure it? How can we begin to compare We begin to think of all that God has done for us? How much that He loved us? But I want you to know today that as we look, you know, because there's something that happens in that old earthen vessel that may just be made out of clay, may be absolutely, totally worthless. But boy, when you put treasure in it, it becomes so valuable. And you see, the thing is, each and every one of you, children, parents, you're a treasure to God. You're a treasure to him. And of course, what I really wanted to share with you today, and we don't really have time if we compare that then with what we read there when Paul was writing to Timothy, the treasure that we have in God's Word. You know, all the books of knowledge that have ever been written, and they're full of so many wonderful and exciting things. And I love to learn, and I love to get knowledge, and I like to see people that that try to get that knowledge, but all of them together, cannot match the knowledge that is found in that one book that is called the Bible, the Holy Bible, the Word of God. That's the knowledge that far outweighs everything else because that's the knowledge that will decide your eternity, your destiny, your life, not just for now, but forever and ever. So I want to finish with this simple thought this morning. I remember reading a story about a man that he was just a normal worker. Matter of fact, the the story that I read, and this was actually reported in the news as live. They were interviewing this guy and all of this. It's not just a a made-up story like some of them that we tell. He was an electrician that worked with his hands and did all this work. But one of the things, if you know, sometimes when people come into your house, these electricians and these plumbers and these plasterers and things like that, they come in and do a good job. But what do they leave behind afterwards? A mess. A mess! all the old stuff that that they ripped out or tore out and all the dust and all these things. Well, part of his job then was afterwards to clean up and to carry all this stuff off down to the tip so that it could be thrown away. So off down to the tip he goes one day. How many of you have ever been down to one of the tips here? Anybody? What do you see when you get down there? A whole bunch of containers full of garbage, rubbish, trash, whatever words you want to use for it. It's absolutely worthless. It's what everybody's wanting to get rid of. It's going to be done away with in some way. So he's down there and he's getting rid of all this rubbish. And, you know, just out of curiosity, if you've ever been there, sometimes you just kind of look around and say, wow, all this junk that people are throwing away and getting rid of. And he, he spotted this box and he went over and it was a box of old, old books. And as he looked in there, he took one of them out and it actually had fallen into like four different parts. And he realized as he began to look that it was an old Bible. That was something, I, I, I forgot the exact years now. It was something like way over 100 years old anyway. Printed <laughs> back in 18-something. In, in, in and he took this thing and so he, he carried it home with him. You know, somebody just thrown out. it out. as rubbish. It wasn't worth anything. That's why it was there at the tip. That's why it had been thrown away. He took it back home. And he put this thing together. And as people began to find out about it, he began to get calls and offers. This happened to happen across in, 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 the, in the USA, so they were offering dollars, not pounds. But you know, the last time when I, when I read the article, he'd been offered like over $1,000 for this old book that had been tossed away by somebody because it was worthless. Well, he said he wasn't going to sell it because it was too valuable for him. But somehow as he began to look back, he went back the next day because there were a lot of other books there. He went back and he decided, well, you know, I'll go back and get some of those. And they were all gone. They'd already been done away with, cleared out. He thought, you know, God had me there that day at that time to save that one book. That may sound silly, but I guess the thing was is that as he began to look, he said, he said you could tell that it had been close to heat. It had water stains. It had been through a lot of things, but it had never been destroyed. What somebody thought was totally worthless, though, was of great value. But you know what? What was inside on those pages was of so much value that even though sometimes people treat these books bad and though the world attacks them and and people try to do away with them, what's held inside of there? The knowledge that is within that book is totally priceless. There is no money in all the world. There is nothing you can do in all of the world to replace that knowledge. The devil wants to keep hid from you God wants you to see it, wants to turn that light on in your heart that you can recognize, yes, you've committed sin. There is absolutely no way of getting around the fact that the penalty for that is death. But God wants you to have eternal life. He wants those sins to be done away with as if you'd never, ever committed them. The only way that you could do that is to go and ask for God's mercy. Ask God to forgive you, not because of what you have or haven't done or will do, but because of what Jesus Christ did for you. And so I'm unashamed to say to you, I hope and pray that each one of these children, not because that we're trying to trick them or use our deceitfulness or our craftiness, but because these teachers are trying to give them the greatest knowledge in all the world. A new school year has just started back. They're all starting in those classrooms. And lots of knowledge will be given to them. And everybody's excited about that, aren't they? School started back. Isn't that the most exciting thing? Well, the truth is, whether they like it or don't like it, hopefully they will gain some knowledge from that throughout the course of this next year. And a lot of it's going to be good knowledge. But it's hard for them sometimes to know the good from the bad. (laughs) But the truth is, is that that's why we don't want to give them our knowledge. If we give them the knowledge of that treasure that we have right there in the truth, in God's Word, There is nothing more valuable in all the world that we can ever give to them. Here's the last thought. You know, I said earlier that you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you do nothing with it, you know, it's important that it's the right knowledge. If you were somewhere and the place caught on fire and everybody was telling you to go straight where the fire was, that's not very good knowledge. That's not the way you want to go. People can tell you all kinds of things. That doesn't mean it's the truth. It's valuable when it's the truth, not when it's deceptive. That's why I said, we're not doing that crafty stuff, that deceitful stuff. It's valuable because it's the truth that God has given us. But even when you know something, you're the one that has a choice of what you're going to do with it. And that's the thing is the devil in the first place doesn't want you to see the truth. But then when God turns that light on and you do see the truth, he do not want you to do anything about it. He wants you to pretend it's not that important right now. I can do this later, anything else. I want to say to you this morning in closing, now is the day of salvation. Right now, today, God has given you the opportunity. We're going to sing for our closing hymn If Shelly Will Come to the Piano, a song that I love dearly because, you know, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, there's room at the cross for you today. It's not by an accident If God by his grace has allowed you to be here today, I know the service has been a little different from usual. You know, the simple truth that we give to these children week by week by week is the truth of Jesus Christ, the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the change that he makes in their lives. That's the same truth we want to leave. We're not ashamed that that's what we give to these children, but we're not ashamed as a church either that it's Jesus Christ that we preach here And I want you to realize this morning that that same knowledge, the most valuable knowledge in all the world, God is allowing you to hear and to know today if you didn't know it already. But you're the one that will choose what you do with that. Will you act upon it? The Bible says that if you'll just put your trust and faith in Him, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. He says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. He's there for you today if you need him, We're here to help you. We will gladly take the Word of God. We'll show you the greatest knowledge in the world, how you can walk out those doors knowing that you've put into practice the greatest, most valuable knowledge that can ever be, the, the hidden, wonderful treasure of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then that treasure, that truth of what the gospel does to you, regardless of that old earthen vessel that you might be, the most valuable thing in all the world can take up residence in you.